<clears throat> we take our text from Ephesians, the second chapter, and verses 4 through 7. It reads there in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Paul writing here to the, to the Ephesians says basically, to show God's love towards us while we are yet sinners and we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God proved and showed his love towards us in the giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. We're going to notice several different things this morning about this briefly, but we want to notice three main points this morning is God's love is unmerited, God's love is unconditional, and God's love is unending. We need God's love. We do. Because, as in Romans 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we need his love. Without his love for us, we don't have a chance of being saved. We don't have a hope of eternity. So let's notice first, God's love to us is unmerited. In Romans, the fifth chapter, verses 5 through 8, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the King James Version, that, that term demonstrates is, is translated commends. And it comes from the Greek word sunestemi, and it means to show, to prove, exhibit, or demonstrate. You know, to prove something means that you have evidence that supports something or a statement that is made that brings the facts out or the facts that prove what you've said. And God has proved to us. God demonstrated us. He proved to us. He gave us evidence that he loves us. He showed his love towards us. He demonstrated that in the death of his only son, Jesus Christ. And 1 John 4 and verse 10, And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, he took our place. God proved his love for us by not, give, by not giving us what we deserve, but what he has granted to us and showing his grace and his mercy and his love towards us. Number two point is God love, God's love is unconditional. Even as God's love is unmerited and is, it is also unconditional. Romans 8 and verses 38 through 39. For I am persuaded 
that neither life, or excuse me, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know there is nothing that you can do to make God love you more. And there is nothing you can do to make God love you less. His love is unconditional and it's impartial. So we can't go around and say, well, God loves me more than he loves you. Because he doesn't. He loves everyone just the same. He loves the sinner just the same as he loves the righteous person. He loves the righteous person as much as he loves the sinner. His love is unconditional and it's impartial. We might hear a person say, well, doesn't God hate you when you sin? Well, God doesn't hate a person because they sin. He hates the sin because of what it does to the person. It brings spiritual death to the person. We can fall out of favor with God, just like we as with our own children. We don't hate our children because they do something wrong. We may be disappointed in them, and we may discipline them, but we don't hate them because they disobeyed us. We may be disappointed, yeah, absolutely. There's a story about a babysitter that was watching her neighbor's uh, young children when she heard a, a squeal coming from the, from the next room and she heard one of the kids say, Mike, God doesn't love you when you do the things like that. Mike replied, yes, he does love me. He's just disappointed in me. God still loves us even when we do things wrong and we sin against him. God's love is unconditional. We understand that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and 23. Ephesians 2 and verses 1 and 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. For in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. But you see, we fall out of favor. We walk in trespasses and sins, and that falls out of favor with God. And it, it affects our spiritual eternity. But God still loves us. God still loves us as much as he always did. His love has never wavered for us. His never, love has never diminished towards us. It's because of sin that God has proven his love for us through the sacrifice of his only son. John 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He proved it. He proved it. But God accepts and loves each of us just as we are. Mark 2 and verses 15 through 17. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors 
and sinners. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, God loves the sinner. God loves the sinner, and he loves the righteous person as well. He doesn't love the sinner any more than he loves the righteous person. He doesn't love the righteous person any more than he does the sinner. He loves all. Notice how he welcomes those to him. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He welcomes all, those that are troubled. You know, those that are troubled need him that much more, it seems like. He says, I haven't come to, to save those who are already saved. I've come to save those who are lost and in sin. I haven't come to heal those who are well. I've come to heal those who are sick in sin. And he says, come to me with your problems, with your sin, whatever it is, and I'll give you rest from that. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you accept God's love and grace through obedience to the gospel, in other words, hearing the word of God, believing it, repenting of your sins, confessing the name of Christ, and being baptized into Christ, God credits you with righteousness. You stand before him as righteous. You are completely forgiven of your sins and you're totally accepted by God and complete in Christ. Just the way he designed it, just the way he wants it, because he's proven his love towards you and shown that. God loves us the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us, leave us and forsake us just because we sin. We are the ones that leave God. God doesn't leave us. We are the ones that make that decision to leave God and his love. God doesn't leave us. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, Hebrews 13 and verse 5. God's unconditional love is not a license, though, for us to live as we please. Notice Romans 6 and verses 12 through 18. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in, it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness or sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Also, 2 Peter 2 and verses 20 through 23. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. God is certainly disappointed in us when we turn to sin. He doesn't want us to sin, but that doesn't diminish his love to, towards us in any way. 
God's love is never ending also. Our point number three. The world's concept of love is kind of that of being temporary or, or fleeting. There are conditions sometimes for love as the world describes it today. We see that in couples that have prenuptial agreements. Well, I'll love you as long as we have this agreement. We also see it in, in uh, selfish conditions today. The failing of love for one another and the failing of love for children, for our own children and abortion. How can a person do that and say they still love? That's the lack of love. The lack of another love for another human being, the lack of love for, for a soul. I read a story about a, a preacher that was holding a gospel meeting when a woman came up to him with a little girl by her side. And the woman had a cast on her arm and scars on her face showing that she had probably been some time in the hospital. And she said, I was in the hospital because of a very serious fire. There were burns over two-thirds of my body. My husband walked into the hospital room, took one look at me and said, you're not the woman I married. So he left her and married someone younger and more beautiful. Human love says, as long as you can make me happy, as long as you don't interfere with my wants and wishes, as long as I can be proud of you, as long as you're beautiful, I can love you. If you change, my love for you changes. But God's love is eternal. God's love doesn't change. God's love doesn't diminish. It is as strong as it ever has been for each one of us and for all those that are in the world. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He has shown such patience with mankind and his love towards them that he wants them to be saved. He has been long-suffering towards mankind, wanting them to turn to repentance and be saved. Nothing that you and I can ever do that will ever happen to us in our lives that will ever cause God to stop loving us. We've already noticed that in Romans, the 8th chapter and 38 and 39. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate God's love from you, no matter what you do. Notice Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The love that God has for us is everlasting. Doesn't stop. Never will. 
Life's problems are temporary, but God's love for his people is permanent. He's always there to take, take us through the rough spots and through the problems in our life and to pull us up out of that miry clay to save our souls from sin. God's love is that great. 1 Samuel 12 and 22. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. It pleases God to love his people. And he loves you this morning. There's no greater love. And God loves us and shows us and proves that to us in what he did for us and the sacrifice of his son for our sins. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.